Welcome to On the Penalty Spot with Dave and Luke. This is Season 3, Episode 1. Um, bit MIA, mate. Been a long time between oranges. Six months and 15 days, I think, isn't it? Approximately. Six and a half months. So, yeah, a little bit's happened uh, in the last six months. Um, you've got a new addition to the family, so public congratulations for that. Appreciate that. Thank you. Little... um. Little strike partner for Kelly. <laughs> Matilda's front too. Um, what twenty years time? Mm, they 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 tend to take them on a little bit earlier. So okay, Kelly will probably make her debut when she's probably seventeen, eighteen. So probably when Kelly's twenty and Oka's um, sixteen, seventeen. So all right, we'll get some money on it. Both to play for the Matildas. Easily done. And yep. you've recently moved to a new place as well. So it's all happening in your life, mate. I have, mate. I have. Um, in the Blue Mountains. So. Good, good reception out here. Probably better reception than I had at Winston Hills, which is great. Um, and mate, yourself, it's your wedding's not far away. Your, your wedding's probably the same length away as our last podcast. Actually, it's closer. It's mm. less than six months now until the, the big day. Um, so yeah, excited, mate. It's um, there's a lot going on. Uh, there's a lot going on in the world of football to talk about as well. And when when are we casting though on on the wedding? Is it on the morning of the wedding or the night? morning of the wedding? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it has to be. I've already. When Viv's getting her makeup done, we'll um, we'll record. So we're all good. So I can wear my head spit. Um, head spit. <laughs> um, head, <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, it's been a while. I can wear my headset um, whilst making making a speech. Oh, I'd be disappointed if you didn't. And uh, oh, we're going to have FM on the, um, yeah, perfect, the bridal perfect, table as well. So. I'll, I'll leave the cord unplugged, but I'll just wear the headset. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good, mate. Appreciate it. Mate, um, we'll get straight down to business. A lot happening in the world of football. It's probably... Um, Probably makes sense for us to jump back on a cast with what's happened in the last five to seven days. A um, little bit of restructure of the Champions League and um, Mourinho, uh, race for top fours heating up, relegations. This pretty much done little, except for yeah, one. Yeah, at least yeah. be a clearer picture there. A um, few leagues around the world is pretty close, but the main talking point, I guess, is the, the um, much-reported uh, European Super League where... You got your six clubs from the UK, from England, um, a few from Spain, a few from Italy, signing a binding agreement, according to Florentino Perez, yeah, yep. the, the 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 devil himself in regards to football, <laughs> um, that they've signed a binding agreement to join or start. I wouldn't say join. I would say nah. start the European Super League. Yeah, farcical, mate. absolutely farcical. And um, it was never going to get off the ground. And it's just, it's it's pure greed. It, it's all it is. It was never anything. It's not for the betterment of football. It's not going to cascade money down the footballing pyramid. It's purely a cash grab. You know, you can't have a sporting competition with no competition, really. There's no relegations, no promotions. It's, it's just the rich trying to get richer, uh, ultimately, which is exactly what it is. Um, I don't think they expected the the vitriol that they got um, and the reception from the fans. This is a massive win for fans around the world. I just I I believe it just goes to show what power there is in people. Oh, doesn't matter what organisation there is around the world, sporting, political, um, the power is with the people. the The game of football is for the fans. The yeah. fans, the sole reason why most of the players play is because they love the game, okay? They play for their fans, but they were once a little kid watching the game, growing up, idolizing someone and wanting to be like that person. They're, they're playing the game. They, they, they were a fan and they're still fans. Like Anton Griezmann plays FM. On As Newcastle. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, like, it, it does not make sense. It's a huge cash grab. Um, and it's no coincidence that the six clubs in the UK the perceived big six, they're now classified as the big six based on their financial predicament, where, where they are in the world of, world of football. Like Arsenal are not a top six club and they haven't been for the last few seasons. Tottenham, um, a little, Tottenham you could you could argue, but at the moment they're, they're outside that top, that, top, uh, that top six. And obviously Liverpool and City and Chelsea and United Yes, but financially, their financial cloud is much stronger than the teams below. And they're all massively in debt, which is the yeah. ironic thing about it. That's that's all this was, was to get them out of debt. It was to get the, the Barcelona and Real Madrid, they're about a billion pounds in oh. debt each. Spurs are about a billion pounds in debt because of the building of the new stadium. 
That's all this was, was them trying to, like, I I dare say Daniel Levy sacked Jose Mourinho because he had a massive payoff and Levy is notoriously tight with funds. He would have sacked him expecting the Super League money to come in to pay for that off. I agree. You know what? I I quite like the fact, and if the rumours are true that Mourinho refused to take his players onto the training pitch Mm. after the um, Super League announcement, he's gone up. I, I, I like him as a manager. I like him as a person, especially after watching um, that documentary. And I watched another documentary on Netflix about him and um, just the way he carried himself through Porto and Inter and, and his Champions Leagues. Um, if that's the case, then, you know, good riddance to Spurs. Not good riddance to Mourinho. The top, well, the, we'll call them the perceived big six because uh, I think Leicester might have something to say seeing that they won a Premier League title more recently than um, most of the other clubs there. They've They've got a lot of enemies now. Um, they, they've been wanting to break away and do their own thing in the Premier League for quite a while. Um, and I don't know what punishments are going to come, whether it's going to be any at all, but there definitely needs to be some... I don't know if you're gonna, hitting them in the pocket is really going to hurt. I don't know what punishments need to be done, but... I, don't, I, I honestly don't think you can punish them at this point in time. They've, they've, they've spoken about breaking away and they actually haven't broken away they've signed a binding contract um, and they've crawled back to their respective leagues Um, more probably I wouldn't say crawled back I'd probably say ushered and yelled (laughs) and abused back by by their fans Um, probably out of fear out of fear of getting booted out of the Champions League Um, well the only reason Chelsea and Man City joined was because they didn't want to miss out I mean that, but they still they still jumped. They still did it. But you, I've got a lot of respect for uh, Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, PSG, PSG, yeah, and Sevilla as well. Yeah, all four of those clubs said no, nah. because the Bundesliga has a different um, ownership structure. So it's a fifty plus one method. So the fans own the majority of the club. So they get the ultimately the decision at the end of the day. And Bayern, when they knew the fans were never going to go for it, it's the same in. Uh, in Barcelona, it goes to a vote, so it was never it was never going to work. And I think Florentino Perez has said that the contracts are binding and it's still going to happen. But contracts aren't worth the paper they're written on these days. No. If the clubs want to get out, they'll get out. And not when you have the power the power of the people that run these clubs and behind the scenes. Um, like someone like Man City, they don't need the money, but that was a FOMO thing, a fear of missing out. Someone like PSG, yep. who definitely don't need the money they've they've stood their ground quite strong which is quite admirable um but there's there's been a, some great banter flying around on, on twitter <laughs> and instagram and um yeah i, I quite enjoyed that I quite enjoyed leeds's take on it being Leeds, probably the first team to play a european super league side in liverpool the other day drawing one what um yeah it's uh you know it's only the the ceos and the chairman of the clubs that wanted it managers didn't want it Players definitely didn't want it, especially when UEFA came out and said that players would be banned from playing international football. That's the biggest carrot dangling for most players is internet playing for your country, you, playing for a World Cup. You tried telling, I was, I was having a discussion the other day, you tried telling people like, oh, I like the idea. I was like, well, you tried telling Kevin De Bruyne, he cannot represent Belgium at the World Cup. Yep. But you can play for Man City in a closed league. You yeah. tried telling someone like Gabriel Jesus, right? Brazilian kid, born on the streets of Brazil, grew up in poverty, that he cannot represent his nation at the World Cup because so he, his club can get more money. Not him get more money, his club can get more money within this European Super League. It takes away the whole aura of the game. It takes away the whole dreaming of the fans. Like, we're Newcastle fans and we dream of the ability for us to one day break into the top four, get in the Champions League, and sustain ourselves as a top, you know, four to six to eight club win a trophy. That gets ripped away in an instant if European Super League comes in. There's shit. Like, look at Jamie Vardy's come from non-league into an English striker and probably one of the best of Premier Leagues ever had. Yep. Something like that may not ever happen if European Super League happens. And for me, it needs to be, it needs to be poured over with petrol and, and lit up multiple times. Uh, what, what they were doing was they were taking the club away from the, the fans. And ultimately, the f- a club is nothing without the fans. You look at, I mean, obviously we obviously keep using Newcastle as an example because obviously we're both big fans and, you know, I grew up in the northeast of England. So I know Newcastle is a one-club city. If the club is doing well, the city is doing well. Mm-hmm. And if you take that away from the fans, move it on over to Europe because, you know, most of the games will be played overseas. 
because or they'll probably take them to America. They, they would have had all these grand ideas to introduce it to a global audience because what they cease being clubs, they become franchises. Mm-hmm. That's what they would be. They'd be traveling. They'd be traveling franchises. Yeah, well, funny you say that. A lot of the owners that were behind this were American owners, and that they liked the they liked the NFL style, the NBA style, where it's a closed ringed um, playoff um, playoff style. Would like the MLS. Look, the MLS is a great league, and they're bringing new teams all the time. But European football is not the MLS. South American football is not the MLS. The closest thing to MLS is a is the A League, because we do not have the depth for that relegation promotion. Um, it's yeah, it, it's it's certainly interesting. What, what happens now? Well, <laughs> I don't really know, uh, to be honest. I mean, Perez says the contracts are binding. I don't believe that for a second. Um, the power, the money, and the power, the lawyers that these clubs have behind them. If they want out, they'll get out. Um, but obviously, some things do need to change um, in terms of football in England uh, and football potentially around Europe. You know. It's been the status quo for quite a while. There has been issues with, you know, the money cascading down, and especially after COVID, because a lot of clubs in the lower league uh, are dying, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's obviously been talk about a British Super League, you know, reducing the Premier League down to 18 clubs. The Champions League has been restructured as well to allow a few extra clubs in. It's Yeah, see, with that, that I'm sceptical of that as well. Um, with the new structure of the Champions League, I was reading a post from... Um, from Gundogan, mate, he yeah. can score a goal this season. He can. Um, oh well. And what I really, what I really hate, and I, I really read the comments, and I, I read the comments on on his post. You know, it pops up on Facebook, and all yeah. the fans decide to comment. <laughs> and, and he said, "What about the players? You want to play more games, um, week in week out, more meaningless games?" And he said, like, what about us? What about the players? And a lot of a lot of the fans are like, oh, you know, you get paid so much money, you should do it. These players' careers are this big, right? You <laughs> can't see me on video, but they're very small, okay? <laughs> With that, more players equals more stress, more time away from your family, um, more chance, more prone to injury, shorter careers. It doesn't matter how much you're getting paid. That's the market. That's the market value. And that that's what they're given. To, to give them more games is only going to, dampen the enjoyment of the Champions League. Yeah, 100%. I mean, then they're not players, they're commodities basically and mm. they're easily replaceable. And if you're a player, that's why I don't begrudge any player chasing money. Any professional athlete, your career could end tomorrow. Take the money while you got it. You know, it's oh. a short career. You're not guaranteed anything after football. No, no. And especially in this country anyway, it's quite it's well it's, it's wrongly perceived in this country that they think, you know, an elite footballer, an elite AFL player, or, um, you know, elite rugby league player, they're on millions and millions of dollars. They're on really good money. But then the mid-range, they're, they're not on a lot. It's the same with the UK. You, you play in the Premier League, your top 10% are on big, big money. Your next 20, 30, 40% are on very good money. The next lower is on good money. As soon as you drop to the championship, they're not on that much, like... So most most of those players are, are not on huge coin. Like you, you do more, you know, running a small business, living in the, yeah. blue, the blue mountains. There you go. Speaking from experience, yeah, yeah there, there you go. <laughs> but it's true though, because you know, if you take relegation out of it as well, because you know, it's as a fan, it's just exciting to see a relegation battle or a title or a prom- you know, the playoff final is one of the most exciting games. That's what yeah, I, I in the world. I love really, it. Really enjoy that game. It's now like what checking through live scores. You know, I'll, I'll watch, woke up this morning and watch Newcastle and, and um, you know, us getting one step closer to, to avoiding relegation. But then I'll look at the championship scores and, you know, I really want Brentford to do well. And yeah. you look at the um, the League One scores and we really want the, you know, the scum the scum yeah. to stay where they are. Um, it's just exciting. Like in, in the Premier League at the moment, you've got a race for the top four um, and you've got probably a race to not get relegated like that takes away it takes away that ability in all the leagues if you take emotion out of football what do you have left nothing mm. i mean football the the old a league ad was perfect 90 minutes 90 emotions and that's what it is and var has taken a lot of that out mm. as well a lot of the emotion you know last night you know i was out drinking with the boys newcastle scored and i'm jumping in the street callum wilson handball questionable and then a few minutes later we scored again you know I'd used up a lot of energy celebrating that first goal. Mm-hmm. As did I. And then, boom, crashing back to earth. And I just, you can't take emotion out of football. 
you can't do it. The fa- it's the fans, you know, England's not like, especially the North of England, you know, people work very, very hard nine to five, nine to nine, Monday to Friday, just to save up enough to go watch the team on a weekend. Yep. Don't take it away from them. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And you're taking away dreams. You're taking away the dreams of the kids, the dreams of adults still, the dreams of your club eventually being a big club one day. And that may never, ever happen, but people hold on to that. People... No, yeah, we've been living in hope for, well, my whole life, basically. Yeah. And 90, you... 94 for me, 94. Not, yeah, I was 93. Uh, I think it was Peter Beardsley and Andy Cole when they were up front. That's when I started uh, started my fandom. Interesting, mate. Um, British Super League. We, we briefly touched on the Champions League restructure and, you know, I don't like it. You don't like it. British yep. Super League. It's, it's not rugby league. Um <laughs> But I, I'm, I, I can see some pros and cons uh, to the British Super League, you know, bringing Rangers and Celtic down. I don't agree with reducing it to 18 teams in the Premier League. I think it should stay at 20. But I'm not against Rangers and Celtic coming down. Twofold. First fold is it gives Scotland, the, the smaller teams in Scotland, a better chance to get into the Champions League, brings more money into the country, improves the Scottish League. That's the way I see it. Probably, it probably improves the um, Scottish national team as well. Exactly. I mean, I'm not. I don't like Scotland, but I'm all for you know seeing teams improve. You know, yeah. and Scotland's got. A, they've always had a lot of talented players, um, but the Scottish Premier League. It's so. It's been a Glasgow monopoly. You know, it's Rangers, Celtic. It's Rangers or Celtic, 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 Celtic. Then Rangers. To see someone like an Aberdeen or a Kilmarnock or God forbid Hearts, you know, might do something. You know, finally. <laughs> um, I think it's all right. And I think Celtic and Rangers are probably at a Premier League level, especially Rangers this season. You know, they did pretty well in Europe. Um, they made it through, I think, the last 16 of Europa. Um, they'd be competitive. And yep. maybe probably slot between that 6th to 10th position in the league. They'd probably both beat Newcastle right now, mm-hmm. to be brutally honest. Look, I, I don't have any issues with it. The only issue I have with it is, is the potential for other clubs around, the, around, around Europe. To competition hop, if that's if that's the case. Well, it was broached uh, quite a few years ago to have um, a combined Dutch and Belgian league. Mm. Um, not nothing came of it, but the idea has been out there for a while, and there's been a consideration for the MLS and the Mexican league as well um, for them to combine. So you basically have a North American league because obviously you got Canada, a couple of teams in there in the MLS, then the US, then Mexico, and you know distance isn't an issue because we have Wellington versus Perth in our domestic yeah. league. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. <laughs> Six and a half hours away. Yep. It's the same with them. I'm not against Rangers and um, and Celtic coming in. I believe that they're two teams and it's they hinder Scottish football. Yeah, they do. They hold they yeah. hold it back. Yeah, they they hold Scottish football back and and they hold the lead back and year in year out they go, look Rangers. Rangers haven't lost a game yet, so you know fair due to Stevie Gerrard and. And what he's doing at Rangers because they have come a long way in trying to break Celtic's Celtic's run and dominance. Um, I would like to see them in in the Premier League. Whether that opens you know a can of worms to other leagues is another story. Um, but I guess you know there's, there's only one way to find out. But I do feel that if they do come in, they will be competitive. They will be in that you know top six, top eight, easily top ten year year, year in year out. Um, potentially even challenging for for higher honours because they're gonna. Is get they're going to become richer, and they're going to attract a whole lot more um, TV audience as well for two, well, two, two huge clubs. Well, they they want to be in the Premier League because that's where the money is. Scottish Premier League TV rights they get the large chunk of it, but it's a very small pot. If they can get a small bit of a huge pot, it's still more than they're getting now. So. Would they would they give up almost guaranteed gu- success? Guaranteed success and guaranteed Champions League for potential potentially fighting for Europe. Europa position for money they would Rangers almost went bankrupt you know okay so now playing devil's advocate here how is that any different to starting European Super League has any different yeah well it it is different because you know it's not I don't see how it's different you know it's it's no different to you know Swansea and Cardiff being Welsh and playing in the Premier League as well but the Welsh League is probably non-existent would Scotland be existent without Rangers and Celtic? Yeah, true. Then Aberdeen, you put Champions Aberdeen, League. Aberdeen, Aberdeen were good once. So Alex Ferguson was there. It was. And Aberdeen were good, but they haven't been good for quite a while. Mm. 
Billy that's Dodds a, in the 1990s. You know, he was a good player, but that's, that's about the, it. That's an interesting debate there. I just thought of that. Um, mate, moving on. Mourinho, we spoke about Mourinho yeah, sacked by Spurs. Um, something smells here. Um, not really smells, but people are like, oh, he was due to go. There's no way Spurs sacked their manager and Mourinho a week before a cup final. The only reason they do it is out of spite so that Levy can say he didn't win a trophy at Spurs. Yep. That's the only reason they'll do it. Yep. It's the only reason they did it. Because if Mourinho stays, wins a trophy, he's got that hanging over his head. He goes, how and, can you sack me? I want a trophy. You haven't, and, you've never won a trophy for years. And I would absolutely love, I would have loved Spurs to um to win that. I think that's on tomorrow morning. Yep. I would have loved Spurs to win that. Now I would hope City win 5-0. Yep, me too. They deserve it. They deserve it. I mean, Spurs, they've been pretty awful this season, admittedly. But it's the treatment of Mourinho. Um, you know, people, you know, he's like Vegemite. You love him, you hate him. There's there's really no middle camp with Mourinho. Obviously, I, I like Mourinho. You know, he's got a lot of ties to Sir Bobby Robson, who, you know, we both yes. absolutely adore. You know, he's a, a god to us. I can see if Newcastle get taken over that Mourinho will come to us. Just yeah, throwing that out there now. There we go. Um, 8.25 p.m. on the travel. <laughs> um, look, I, I've got a lot of respect from him, the way he carries himself, the way he's a people manager. Um, I do believe in 2021, his tactical now, so not his tactical now, but his style of play is maybe a little bit behind the evolving game of football. Um, but in saying that, um, I, yeah, kudos to him. Kudos to him. I, I do hope... Um, City win that by a fair bit. Race for top four um, and relegation. Top four is interesting. West Ham, they've fallen off a bit. They lost to us last week. Um, they lost to Chelsea this morning 1-0. Um, but the top four, you know, at the moment, City, United, Leicester, and, and then Chelsea. But West Ham are not out of it. Liverpool are not out of it. And Spurs are not out of it, funny enough. it's um, There's a five-point gap with about five to play there. Um, and Everton, who've got a game in hand as well. They can go yeah, join they, fifth. Yeah. So it's it's close. I would like I would love to see what any one of those teams go in at the expense of Chelsea. It would be it would be sensational. I'd love to see yeah Leicester and West Ham occupy the top four. I think we can lock in you know Man United. Uh, pretty much certainties to yeah. make the top four now. Liverpool after what they dished up last night. You know they should have beaten us comfortably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they really should. Dubravka eight saves, mate. But Liverpool's home form has just fallen off a cliff. I think they they're the team that's missed the home fans the most, mm-hmm. without a doubt. That Anfield aura, you know, the cop end, mm-hmm. it's just going to Anfield now, it's not as intimidating. That was my, that was my next question. Bes- besides, well, what what has happened to Liverpool? Obviously, losing probably one of the best centre-backs in the world has, has cost them. Um, but that's no excuse for games, you know, against Leeds, games against us, games they should be winning clearly. Um, they've they've really really struggled this really struggled this season. What are they? They've they've won sixteen, drawn nine, lost. Like they've only scored fifty five goals. Mane's done nothing. Yeah, he this has. Season. Um, Firmino doesn't really do anything. Jota's been a great signing. Um, Bob, for them, but he's Bobby's been very poor. He has been for a while. You know, he's mm. sort of like a Brazilian Heskey. You know, he's a striker that doesn't score, but he does a lot of the the donkey work that doesn't really go appreciated. But players love playing with him. You know, Michael Owen said his favourite strike partner for England was Heskey, because Heskey would just occupy the defenders and Owen would just run off him. Create that's, space. That's it. And that, that's that's pretty much what Firmino's been doing. He's played a non-striking striker role um, for the last few years. Virgil, uh, Liverpool's defensive frailties, you can a large part are down to Virgil not being injured, which is true. You know, Virgil, Gomez, Matip, all injured. You had Nat Phillips come in, mm. um, you know, a couple of kids, and Alexander-Arnold's form has fallen off a cliff. Um, Thiago hasn't got a goal or an assist, I think. He's been quite poor this season. Um, but you can't put it on Virgil because Virgil doesn't score goals. That's mm-hmm. on the front three. Uh, and Liverpool have created enough chances. They're just putting them away. They're not converting them. Everything they touched last season turned to gold. Yep. And I, I didn't pick them to have this kind of season. I think I tipped them to win the league. Um, I tipped Man City if we go back to one of those episodes, which we can easily replay. But anyway. I also uh, said um, David Moyes would be the first manager sacked. Yeah, I think we both agreed on that. And that <laughs> that's, um, <laughs> I think he's 
just signed a new three, four-year deal. Yep. Um, I think you, you've really touched it, touched it on early there as regards to the fans. It's when you have fans in the stadium, when you have 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 fans in their home fans, your effort levels, your ability to play, your energy off the ball, your energy to get into space, um, to get back in a position to, to play that pass, it's increased. It's increased by 5, 10, 15%. When you do not have fans in the stadium, you have to adapt mentally. You have to adapt. You have to be mentally, mentally strong. You have to understand what you're doing. You have to think about your game the whole time. There's no emo- There's no emotion in it. Um, there's no adrenaline pumping through your veins. It's like playing under 15s football where there's no crowd, and that's where it's taking it back. And you've seen that in the in the Premier League, I guess, in certain results in Liverpool, Australia. You see that in the NBA where there's there's fans starting to come back now, saying so now home games are meaning more. Whereas before you had good teams losing at home and then they'll win away, and and you just couldn't. The people like why? But it, it just comes down to the fact that there's no fans in the stadium. It's used as a cliche, the twelfth man, but it, it's true. You know, you, I mean, you're a professional athlete. You, you, you know, you've played in front of large crowds. It gives you that boost. Well, I imagine it does anyway. I've never played in front and of even, more than even, 10 even, people. Even, even if you um, play in front of like we played a game in South Africa in front of sixty thousand people, so it's an away game. But you still get that adrenaline. Like, yeah, they're booing at you, but you're like, sweet, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to feed off that. Yeah, you feed off it, and and a lot of players do feed off that, and. In this instance, they've got nothing to feed off, r- rather just, uh, you know, a pre-match chat, a half-time chat, which Steve Bruce sucks at, and a um and and you know a full-time you know thing, and then they're training throughout the week, and it's really hard for them to mentally apply themselves to for ninety minutes, and that's probably why we're seeing a few lapses, um, in concentration, especially of Liverpool at the back with an inexperienced back four, um, which has kind of cost them, and where hasn't, hasn't bothered Man City though. No, it hasn't, but that comes down to potentially man management, Manage. the manager, how they, uh, what they do away from the pitch. Like, for all we know, that city could be really working hard with, you know, a psychologist, someone that's talking about mental health, trying to get their, you know, their mindset right, tied into their athletic performance, rather than just focusing on tactical awareness, where they've got to be. You get the head right, you're going to play well. It doesn't matter what sport you're in. It's true. If you're not in the right headspace, you're not going to be successful. No, spot on, but spot on. But that's interesting. Um, relegation. We we know Sheffield United are down, although they they did win this morning. Thank yeah. you. Um, West Brom look like they're going to go down. They do have a game in hand of Fulham. Um, that'll take them to 27, but their goal difference is disgusting. Um, but that'll be interesting. I, I dare say we're not we're not safe yet. Um, and either of Southampton. So it's it's going to be anyone from Southampton, Newcastle, Brighton, Burnley, Fulham, and West Brom. There's just one spot left. Yeah, I mean we can write West Brom off. You know, as good as Sam Allardyce has been um, over his career at avoiding relegation, uh, I'm pretty sure his races run. Um, West Brom left it too late uh, to change managers this season, so they're as good as gone. Fulham have had their chances, and they really haven't done themselves any favours in the last few weeks. Burnley and Brighton are precarious. Um, for me, I think we're safe. I know we've got a lot of tough games coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so, so to Fulham. Exactly. That's what I mean. West Brom play Villa um, on Monday. That That's a must win for them. And then they play Wolves at home. Then they play Arsenal, Liverpool, West Ham at home. And then they play Leeds. Um, then you look at um, Fulham. Fulham. Fulham's run is just as bad as ours. They play Chelsea, Burnley, Southampton. There's some big games for Fulham there, actually. Chelsea... Burnley, Southampton, United, then us. Burnley is the one that I think are in most trouble. Um, yep. I mean, Fulham are obviously in the most trouble, but if they're going to catch anyone, they'll catch Burnley. Hmm, good shout that. Interesting. They do play Sheffield United on the last day. That's a six-pointer there. That Burnley-Fulham game is huge. Absolutely yeah. huge. As long as we avoid that final day... Uh, relegation playoff against Fulham. Um, I'm happy with that because that's the last thing I wanted this season. Yeah, I think um, I did say we need four points from these last games. That was before we played Liverpool and we picked up one against Liverpool. Yeah, we'll get three against Arsenal easily, right? Yep, exactly. That's what <laughs> I was saying. And then we'll probably pick up three against Sheffield United. But um, we do have a very tough, very tough run. Like we play Arsenal, Leicester away, City, um, Sheffield United, and Fulham. We just need to go into that last game four points clear. Yeah, we, I, I, I'm pretty confident we'll be fine. 
it is it is Newcastle. It is, I know, I know. Yeah. Sorry. But if you if you do want to put a bet on that we're gonna go down, we're paying twenty six dollars to get relegated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see I'm not confident we'll go down, <laughs> but I'm also not entirely confident we'll stay up. It's a tough one. Um championship, we'll touch we'll touch on this. You you sent me your text earlier today saying it could be the first time in championship history that the three relegated teams go that went down are gonna go straight back up. So Norwich, um, haven't won the league yet, but they're not far off. Um, Watford have gone up, and then we're, it's a race out of Brentford, Bournemouth, Barnsley, and Swansea. For me, I do not want to see Swansea come up. Um, and I am obviously would love to see Brentford come up because they choked last year. Um, I don't mind who comes up out of that. But how about Barnsley? Barnsley <laughs> escaped relegation on the last day of the championship last season, and I actually watched that game. Um, they escaped it because Nottingham Forest imploded. Yeah, they did. Absolutely imploded. Um, and, mate, now they could be in the Premier League next season. First time since 97, 98. Yeah, I actually, yeah, well. With a great Georgie Christoph up front uh, well. back in the day and Dave Watson in goal. Um, I, I'm i buying into what Barnsley are doing. They've followed Brentford's model, uh, the old money ball uh, model where they, they buy players based off stats. Um, not, you know, they do a lot of research. So they'll... That's- Funny, it's funny you say that. I don't know, cut you short here. Going back to Mourinho, Mourinho did exactly that FC Porto. A lot of people don't know history. It's like, oh, you know, he won this, he won that. When Mourinho took over at Porto, he was like, I, I want players that are from this region. I want players that know what it's about to play for Porto. And people are like, oh, why? It's because they're going to bleed for the club. They're gonna play they're gonna train harder. They're gonna put more on the pitch. They're gonna find me that five to ten percent and they went on to win the Champions League. It's true. It, and it's no coincidence that, you know, Newcastle's form has coincided with Paul Dummett and Sean Longstaff, you know, two mm-hmm. local boys coming back into the team. Yep. It's it's no coincidence. You know, they get it. And you can't put a price on that. You need local talent, you know. Liverpool without Gerard and Carragher, Man United without the Nevilles, Skulls. Man City, you know, without Stephen Ireland, you know, back in the day, uh, Michael Richards, you know, he's a local boy as well. You need John, you know, John Terry at Chelsea. You yeah. need the local players that they understand the culture, the fabric of the club. And I think with what Barnsley have done is they've bought a lot of players from the lower leagues of England that have been sort of rejected by the big clubs, you know, released from the academies and just given them a chance. FM so. That's 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 all it is. Mm. It's not rocket science, and uh, but Bournemouth it's, it's are the form team. Yeah, it's time consuming. It's time it's consuming, it. but it's worth it, and it's paid dividends. Yeah, Bournemouth are the form team at the moment. They've 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 gone on a good run. Brentford hit it. Brentford have almost blown it again. They they were in that top two for quite a while, and they ended up losing quite a few. And that comes back again to you know potentially there are no fans in the crowd. Being interesting as it stands. And it could go anyway here, but as it stands, it's going to be Brentford and um, Swansea and, and then Bournemouth and Barnsley in the first playoff game. But there's six games, oh, sorry, two two games to go. Two games, uh, three two for games, Brentford and three, yeah, three for three, Swansea. Yeah, so that could flip anyway. That, that's, that's, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bournemouth, I think, won seven, seven on the trot. Jonathan Woodgate um, took over. Um, has done really well, um, obviously. It's funny. Lost. it's funny that he uh, took over from them after getting... The flick from Borough. Yeah, because he came in and then a few days later, uh, Mike Tyndall was sacked. Graham Jones left. So yeah. Woodgate was basically the last man standing. So took over. Um, you know, still fairly fairly young. He's a young manager, not as young as Ryan Mason uh, mm. at Spurs. He'd probably become the youngest manager he to win a, young, a trophy. He, yeah, he will be. He will be. Yeah. He's only been there a week. And Spurs are apparently chasing another young manager, uh, Nagelsmann, um, mm. who's done a great job over in Germany. But I wouldn't go to Spurs if I was him. I'd wait for that um, Bayern Munich job to come up. Yes, oh, which probably will come up pretty soon. Yes, I would imagine so. Interesting, just looking at the um, the championship fixtures here. I'm excited. I love watching the championship playoffs. It's one of the... Um, it's great. One of the best part of the season. Not just the playoff final, but the playoffs in itself. It's it's great to watch. And, um, mate, moving on, Barcelona. Um Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, the, the league's really tight. Really, really tight. I was very thankful of Real Batiste drawing this morning with Real Madrid. That's the welcome. Thank you. Yep, yep. Um, so Atletico Madrid do have a game in hand. So do Barcelona. That, it's tight at the top, and it's going to go to the wire. And Atletico Madrid play Barcelona, I believe, in about two weeks' time, which would be very, very interesting. Two games in hand Barcelona have on Real. 
a massive goal difference as well. Uh, Barcelona. I'd love to see Atletico win it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, as would I. Well, obviously, uh, being a fan, but you know, I just, I don't know. It's it's the same. It's almost like Spain Scotland. is Scotland. <laughs> yeah, it is, and it's the same in Germany. Uh, it's good in Italy this year. You know, with Inter Milan finally, you know, rising back into prominence. Look, look, but Sevilla have a game in hand on Real Madrid, and they can go one one point behind. Yeah, but it's daylight then to fifth. Oh yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I think Spain's been like that for a long time. What what really what's really intrigued me is yeah, um, you know, um, Barca won the Copa del Rey easily, easily, yeah. Um, which which you know we you always expect Barcelona and Real Madrid to win one of those, um, you know, win something each year. But what really excites me is how the um, Italian league's kind of flipped on its head, and how Inter Milan are, are leading the charge. Milan were leading the way at the start of the season. They've they've fallen off a little bit. They've done uh, Brentford. They they have, but you've got Atalanta who's there and Juve who are in fourth, Napoli there on fifth. So it's actually quite close from second down to fifth or sixth, which is which is what you want in any league in the world. Yeah, you want competitiveness. It's same as England. You know, you've got a runaway leader. You know, and then you've got competition for the next few spaces, next few places in the league, and it's 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 great as a fan. You know, and that's what the Super League would take away. You know, there'd be no drama for who finishes second, and third, well, fourth. Well, what it does, it breaks almost the league of you know your league of eighteen to twenty teams up into thirds. Yeah, you got your mid-table mediocrity who you know they'll just try and upset and they'll play to make ensure someone is a relegated <laughs> or b you know knocked out of that Champions League spot. Or on the flip side, you're playing for a Champions League or you're trying to avoid relegation. It's exactly how it you know how it, how it should be and how it needs to stay. Is, Ger- is Germany worse than Scotland? <laughs> uh, you'd probably say it is. Um, uh, I mean, it's, it's buy and dominance, really. But over the years, you've had Dortmund, who've had a run. Um, you know, Schalke had a decent run. We'll talk about them shortly. <laughs> very, very, very shortly. That's my, yep. seg- that's my segue. That's your segue. Um, but, and, you know, RB Leipzig, um, knocking on the door. They're not quite there yet, but it's, it's, it's a monopoly. It's a one-team. One team league, really. So it's Schal- entertaining, though. Schalke played thirty, won two, drawn <laughs> seven, lost twenty-one, scored eighteen, conceded seventy-six, minus fifty-eight, thirteen points. No Kevin Karani up front. <laughs> um, the the German Brazilian. Yep. Brazilian German. No Zeroberto. <laughs> All FM days. What, okay. Yeah. What? What's happened? They they, they they were once renowned as a, a very very strong European team. There is still a giant club. Oh, they're, they're so in Newcastle. There you go. That's what I mean. Um, we've we've gone through about five managers in like the last twelve to eighteen months. Mm. Uh, there's been no stability off the field or on the pitch either, and it it, it, it manifests into results on the pitch. Uh, if you, you've got you, a, yeah. you have to have your backyard intact in yeah. order for everything in house to work. Yeah, and it's it's been an absolute farce um, for a long time. Uh, it's almost like you know Leeds's collapse in the early two thousands. That could potentially be what happens to Schalke. Is like changing continents for the moment. Does this ring a few bells of potentially what's happening to the Wanderers? Four or five different managers um, struggling to string results together. We, we were a little bit hopeful of, of um, you know this season and how how the Wanderers would would go. But the own, from what I'm reading, the ownership obviously hasn't changed. So therefore. The mentality, the you know potentially you know germs around the club, could this be causing something to the Wanderers? If it's toxic at the top, it's going to be toxic at the bottom. Yeah, it, it, it trickles down. It's a flow-on effect. It's look at Newcastle. You know we've got Mike Ashley. We're never going to be successful with him in charge because he doesn't want to be successful. He just wants to maintain the status quo and sell and get out. So we we would you know take mid-table mediocrity every day of the week at the minute. Because the yeah, alternative just, is relegation. We ha- we'll be happy not to get relegated. Exactly. And that's not the culture that we want for our clubs. And that's what's happening at Schalke as well. They yeah. they didn't they had the platform. I think it was 2018 they finished runners up in the Bundesliga. They had a lot of good talent, a lot of good players. Fire sale, got rid of a lot of them and never replaced them. Leads. There you go. Mm. Exactly. 
exactly. Man, Champions League semi-finalists as well, like yep. Leeds. Yep. Valencia. Valencia. There you mm. go. There's a there's a lot of parallels for those clubs. I'm pretty sure that was a year Real Madrid won, and that was Zidane's volley. It's a decent goal that one, wasn't it? Wasn't bad. He did all right. That guy he did all yeah. right. Newcastle passed him up, but um, City wasn't good enough. Um, yeah, we, we passed him up and we passed up Luka Modric, and um, there's a few of them over the years that we've. Well, uh, I heard Luka Modric chose Spurs over us. Though he was almost coming through the door and jumped ship. Nah, nah, he wanted to come to us. I'm sure. Mm. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't I, have got I, a Ballon d'Or though. Trust me. If I, I, isolated club, no, we would have ruined him. <laughs> We would have, just like uh, Blackburn Hugo. would have ruined Lewandowski because he was supposed like, to go there. Just like Hugo Werner. Oh. Yeah, he had a good left foot, but he couldn't yeah. run. No pace. Yeah. yeah, zero pace on a treadmill. On a treadmill. Um, mate, I'm going to kick off this little bit of fun stuff with on this day. Um, I've got one for you. you had a, we, we chatted off air and we had a little one. I'm going to take us all the way back to 1953. Wow, how old were you? Um, I was probably four. <laughs> I was four. I was. Um, Jackie Charlton made his debut. Um, made his league debut against Doncaster Rovers at Ellen Road. Okay, in Leeds' last Division Two game. What I found quite amusing of this on this day, besides the fact um, this is the first of what would be 629 league appearance for the Yorkshire Club, which is ridiculous. Yep. He left the dressing room. He asked his manager at the time. What should he be doing in the match? And received a prompt reply. His manager said, "See how fast their centre back can limp." <laughs> Enjoy that. Yeah, I like that. Money fifty-three. Yeah, I, I would, like that a lot actually. You would um, definitely not um, say that now because you'd be straight back up that tunnel. Ah, uh, you know that's what I'm um, pretty sure Vinnie Jones back in the day said. It was his job to find their best player and just kick lumps out of him within the uh, first five minutes. Let them know best. you're there. Be like, be like rugby league. Like uh, uh, we're changing sports again. I was talking about Latrell Mitchell and his four charges, and you know, protect, you know, kicking out. I was like, well, just don't hold his leg. Back in the day, you would have kneed in the face and you would have played. Yeah, on. there's too many cameras so now. You can't get away well, with shit. You can't get away with anything. There used to be one camera and dude like running up and down the pitch and the fittest doing, people. Yeah. Probably doing more kilometers than anyone else, which is uh, which is kind of amusing, mate. We we don't have a team of the week. We we're just we're back. Yep. Um, back on a weekly basis, which is fantastic. With you know, and we're working on a few things behind the scenes, which is pretty cool that we're trying yeah. to get up and running within the next, you know, six to twelve months. A yep. um, few stay, exciting things coming. Yeah, stay tuned. Um, guess we got to get into a few either ors. Yeah, this is this is where you shine. All right, all give, right. Give me something. Give me something. I got you something. All right, I got I, I got something. I got something. All right, all right, here all we right. go. Right. Oh, he's doing a big stretch for those that can't see. <laughs> would you Would you rather? And this is off the top of my head because I have not planned these. Yeah, it's on the penalty spot, of course. It's, it is. Exactly. Would you rather Mbappe or a Haaland rookie card PSA ten? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's actually a tough one. Yes. I mean, if I'm going, still rookie, it's still football. It is football. If I'm going rookie card, I'll probably go Mbappe. Just because I think France are more likely to win a World Cup and more yeah, likely to be go. successful, so you, can re- you can relate it to who, what striker you want to have. Exactly. I mean, Haaland yeah. will probably score more goals, but he won't be as successful. He won't have as many trophies as Mbappe by the end of his career. Yes, that's fair. So that's that's ultimately where I'm going. But you know, it's it's an exciting time because for a lot of you know for the last decade or so, it's been Ronaldo and Messi, and then who's the next generation coming mm-hmm. through? And now we're slowly seeing that. You know, we're seeing Phil Foden come into his own this season. Ansu Fati, uh, Yusufa Makoko um, at Dortmund has come in aged 16 and started scoring a few goals. Yeah. You've got Pedri at Barcelona, who's doing really well. You've got an influx of talent from America. You know, you've got Conrad De La Fuente and you've got Alfonso Davies for Canada. There's a lot of good talent out there and it's, it's exciting. really exciting. It and is. exciting because it's diverse. Yes. It's not your usual nations. It's not your Brazil's, your Argentina's. You know, there's bit, not really been a lot from Portugal besides Ronaldo. Um, it's yeah, Felix. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, doing okay, but he he doesn't he does not suit Atletico Madrid's defensive style football. No, no, it's it's they, they've it's signed playing for Newcastle. You know, yeah. you've got a, a maverick that wants yeah. to play, and you're, you're shackling him. They've signed this kid and they've thrown him into us probably one of the most well structured setups in European football that doesn't allow unique players to any eccentric players to shine. It's like trying to have Hatim Ben Arfa at, you know, at, at 
Accrington Stanley. That was a tricky one to say, wasn't it? Yeah, I was going to say Atletico Madrid, but I changed it up. Sweet. So Mbappe, PSA 10, I'll take the Haaland then. Oh, that's fine. I mean, <laughs> if I get a double, you can have it anyway. So Yeah, that's, fair. I mean, I've okay. bought a few rookie cards. I've got a, I've got a Makoko for you as well. Appreciate you. Appreciate look you. after that. We always share our doubles, by the way. If you don't know, um, we, we've been collecting cards that turned into a hobby probably during lockdown, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It was about and, a year, um, exactly a year ago I got my first box. Yeah, so we... um. Started collecting NBA cards and football cards. We've got a good collection. We've got a pretty good collection. We're getting there. My favorite yeah. card's still my Allenson, Maxim, and Troy Ounce Silver, which yeah. I stole from you, if you oh, remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember clearly. I was sitting, yeah. on, sitting on the toilet at work trying to pay in PayPal. Um, too slow, mate. But yeah, slow. but we, there's, a lot of money worth in the, there's a lot of money in those cards, a lot of money. And what we're doing is we're using our football knowledge to try and get ahead of the game. So, mm-hmm. Whereas NBA, NBA is a bit hard. It's just the luck of the draw because you've got to actually wait for them to, to be drafted. Yeah. Um, but the football the football ones, we're, we're slightly getting ahead of the game and it's an investment. Best thing to do now is to buy young American and Canadian players ready for the World Cup 2026. So Alfonso Davies, Conrad De La Fuente, Christian Pulisic, Giovanni Reina, Timothy Weyer, Cameron Carter-Vickers, um, Zach Steffen in goal. You know, there's a lot of talent in North America right now, which is good. Even even uh, women's football as well. Funny enough, ah, Rose Lavelle. Mm. Yeah, yeah, your mate. To fifty, <laughs> to fifty. Mate, it's worth a fair bit because um, there's not that many female yeah, cards a, out there. I, I did a bit of a search and um, mate, the seventy-five's going for three hundred and thirty bucks. Yeah, it's pretty. It's, good. The, it's, it's no, it's no Michael Jordan nineteen ninety ninety to one hoops NBA cards I pulled the other day. But, <laughs> two um, in one pack, two, two seven dollars, seven dollars well spent. Six ninety-five Glenbrook News Agency pulled three thousand US dollars worth of cards. There you go. Not bad, it's, is it? Not bad. Straight to the pool room. <laughs> the pool this room. Is good. All right, I'm going to give you. Yeah, mate. Obviously, you haven't seen the castle, so we'll. No. Yeah, it's an Aussie movie. You're, you're from the northeast. I am. Um, I'll give you one more. Either. Or. I'm going to give you. Well, we've spoken about this briefly. Who would you rather control in your midfield? All right. Mm-hmm. An inform. On your day, John Joe Shelby. <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring, bring this down quite a yeah, few. Yeah, wow. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, yeah. Tom Huddleston or something is it? It's ridiculous. <laughs> might not be. Might not be far. <laughs> All right. So or a to a lesser extent a Ross Barkley Aston Villa. On their day, I prefer a different type of player. A completely different type because. Yep. What Barkley lacks is the range of passing that Shelby has, and what Shelby lacks is the athleticism that Barkley has. Mm. So it depends. What do you go for, athleticism or the passing range? It depends how I want to set my team up, and it depends on the opposition. But I would probably pick a Barkley any day of the week over a John Joe Shelby. Interesting. Yep. I mean, John Joe on his day, which is too infrequent, often if he loses the ball, his head drops and he doesn't chase back. Yeah. I can't have that. You can't have lazy players. Well, I like how you said I can't have that. Well, it's yeah. my decision. Yeah, you can't have lazy players in your team. No. Uh, it's as simple as that. You can't afford to have passengers. Um, it's like when Romario played for Adelaide. <laughs> nothing. He just <laughs> stood there. So did Mario Jardel. When he Mario Jardel. I actually went and watched Romario play um, Central Coast Mariners. That, that was, he, he didn't move from halfway. Mate, you would have done more kilometers than him just walking to your seat and back. I did. I yeah. Did. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, I've got a cool, cool little segment that we'll bring up. Um, we're gonna, we, we chatted briefly about potentially next episode being something of the greatest players of all time. Yes, I like be, it. I like it. Which would be pretty cool. So, yeah, we'll give you a little bit of insight moving forward that we'll be touching um, on the topics of the greatest player of all time or the greatest players of all time that we think. Um, but not only that, but the greatest player in each position, then greatest player um, of all time overall. And Luke already knows my answer, but I'm not going to spill it um, on air at the moment. Yeah, um, no spoilers here. No spoilers here. And then obviously the greatest manager of all time as well. So there's a bit of a hot topic, which is pretty cool. So during the week, we'll, we'll spit this out on, on social media. We'll get try and get a little bit of banter happening, a little bit of input from um, from our listeners and, you know, people on Instagram. Um, I'm going to throw a multi in before we shut up shop. 
Yes, um, I've got I've got a little bit of um, cash in my sports bet account. So yeah, I can, did, uh, did I've got twenty three dollars and fourteen cents, and you just won an eight hundred dollar multi. So <laughs> which is good. So yes, we're gonna, yep. So we're going to put a bet on now, and I'm actually going to put the bet on. So I've got yep. my phone here. You can't I've see. I've got my phone. Yeah. So we're going to go into a Man United win. Okay, we're going to go same game multi here because we're going to go Edson Cavani goal. Oh, okay. So Man United in any time goal scorer Cavani. Edson Cavani. Okay. Yes. Uh, where is he? I've got to scroll down. Yep. So that's three dollars ten for the two legs. Add yeah. that to bet slip. Yep, add that to best. Oh, please. Oh, oh, there we go. There we go. We're up. Oh, they just went to 180. I just clicked on that 175. Oh, I got on at 180. Yep, there you go. 180 now. All right, so we got Cavani um, United. So no one's going to listen to this, so it doesn't matter. So they, will, they can just see how good we are. Yeah, basically. Um, Juve to beat Fiorentina. Apologies. Uh, Inter to beat Verona. And then we're going to throw a cheeky draw in here just to balance it out. And that's going to be... Um, that's going to be a Calgary and a Roma draw in the Serie A. Calgary in Canada or Cagliari in Italy? Cagliari. <laughs> Cagliari. Cagliari. So a draw, Cagliari yeah. and Roma. Okay. Yeah. There's a $5 multi. Return 110 bucks. All right. Yep. $5. Oh, I power played it. So. Oh, fair. So $124 return. Fair. 106 So let's screenshot that. We'll put that on the socials so people can copy it. I can do that right now. Yeah, go for it. Sweet. Done. Fantastic. Pop, put on the socials. And how, how can people follow us, Dave? People can follow us by dialing 0406. <laughs> um, 2.95 <laughs> a minute. Yeah. yeah. We'll be here all night. Um, yeah, get on get us at on the penalty spot on Instagram, on his penalty spot on Twitter, which would be fantastic, especially on Instagram. Be a bit more active on that. We link it to um, to our Twitter Get on, get in contact with him. Get in contact with us at Dave Harvey one seven and Hacho. What's yours, Hacho? So Hacho on nineteen eighty seven as well. On Instagram, yep, and yeah. on in, on Twitter, it's OTPS Hacho eighty seven. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you got a little bit of branding in there as well. So. Loads of branding, but get on there. Um, get in touch with us. We'll chuck out a few surveys, a few questions in regards to the greatest players of all time, and um, officially, I guess we're we're back. We are back, and I'm excited. I've been waiting for this for quite a while. Um, had a few people saying, when's the podcast coming back? So shout out to Leon, shout out to Reese, shout out to Evan and yep. Kit Mando, good friend yep. of ours. Oh, good. Justin, well. uh, Justin just messaged, said he can't wait for the uh, for the for this episode to come out. So we, we... And get well soon, Justin, as well. Uh, yes. Tori's Achilles, I believe. So Yes, not ideal. Uh, swift recovery, mate. Definitely, mate. He was, he was in a little bit of form. He was, yep. Which is cool. All right, guys, that's us. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Peace out.